0: Welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. You got Mike. You don't have Massey. But you do have Easy. Hey. Oh, mystery. Everybody's going to be a judge. just wants to see his face. Everybody at church is going to be like, oh, I know what his face looks like. I know that beanie from anywhere. <laughs> see, now you're going to have to wear it everywhere or only wear it in studio. Right. You know, and, and you may notice I'm not wearing a hat.
1: I just noticed that.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's, it's because I looked at my wife this morning. And I said, I kind of like how my hair is. I, I don't know that I want to mess it up because I know if I shove a hat on my head and then I go to work, then my hair will be all messed. And you know, So I was like, I, I'll go without. She was, she was like, do you have to wear a hat? I said, no, it's just my thing because I always wear a hat You're everywhere. A hat I'm a hat guy. I used to always wear a hat to church. Even with a button down. yeah, It was a hat. It was guys, a weird, but... I need to grow up, and I'm growing up. Just as I'm losing my hair. My, my balding brothers, y'all out there, you with me? I'm balding. It's not good, guys. Melissa and I, um, <laughs> a couple years ago, <laughs> I told her, I was like, okay, when I start really balding, I think I need to just do the whole thing just, get rid, of just it. get rid of it and she said yeah that's fine and so now every once in a while i'll bring it up i'll be like is it time yet no no it's not time yet <laughs>
1: you, you still got like a good 10 years before you should question that i feel like thank you, you. still got it
0: thank you i i appreciate that because I, I don't want to be one of those guys that like it's like oh man it just no matter what it looks atrocious bro figure something out i you feel know. like
1: the worst look you know you have though. an
0: angle while you talk
1: i feel like the uh the worst look for you right now would be the clark with the clark griswold look
0: i'm trying to picture it
1: you know the or whatever the actor's name is as he got older it was just a like a no hair in the middle and it was just hair on the sides. oh okay
0: uh clark was that uh chevy chase i think so Okay, I know. It. Okay, so the bald, yeah, yeah, I I do not want.
1: That's terrible.
0: The bald on top, hair on the side. And some men can pull it off. Absolutely, some men can pull it off. Um, my dad has retained a pretty good head of hair, even into his seventies. But I hear that the gene comes through the side of the mother, and so my grandpa, man, he now it was whoop, by the time he was I don't know mid fifties, early sixties. So male pattern baldness runs on both sides of my family. Does it? Yeah. Now I see why you keep your hair long. Yeah. Enjoy. I need to hold on to it for as long as it will hold on to me. Yep. All of you enjoy your... I am so glad this is how we got started. (laughs) Enjoy your hair. That's the message of today. Enjoy. Um, The other part of it is I was up early because I'm working on a project that I'm kind of in over my head, but I got to get it finished, and... I got loopy, you know, that, that like you're past tired and then you're into loopy stage. Yeah, That was me this morning. It was very, I was talking to myself in accents while I was doing my project. It's, it's really sad. I had like a, a goofy French accent going on. I was doing my, my, I was doing this last night, old Jewish, uh, old Jewish New Yorker. I was talking to Melissa driving home. I was just talking to her. I don't understand. Why can't this person move out of the fast lane? I'm so tired of the person in the fast lane going only 55. And that's the self-evident program. I'm so thankful you guys showed up to uh, deal with this. We will
1: see you guys Friday. Yeah, Have a great day.
0: <laughs> Pray for Massey to come back. Now, Massey's uh, out of town for a couple of days, uh, and then he heads to another spot out of town. He's got some things going, some some stuff he's got to take care of. So you're with me, an easy E, a.k.a. Little Nap.
1: I still don't get that.
0: Yeah, we do. That's all that matters.
1: All right. All right, whatever. We're into it.
0: So you may have noticed that the title of this thing is is referring to freedom of religion now one of the things that is going on here and i'll kind of fill you in we got done with elections and i have been talking for a couple of weeks now of i really want to do a media fast i want to separate out from news social media all of that but you can't really do it when it's election season when it's midterms you it's kind of my job right to talk about this stuff. So as soon as the elections were over, we did our recap. It was like, okay, yes, finally I can I can start this process. And I will tell you, I feel so much better. I open up my computer. All I can do is work, which is kind of nice uh, because otherwise it's very easy for social media to drag me down a hole. And the whole point of this is, I Massey and I have been talking about, we realized we need to go back to the basics. And the whole reason for that is we don't – we we tend to go deeper on stuff because we take for granted that other people might not know what we know, might not know the foundations of some of this stuff. And so we want to put this stuff and encapsulate it for you so you understand the foundations, you understand the basics. Now, before you turn off the camera or the screen or the video – I can turn the, off the, the camera. Yeah, you can turn off. Don't. <sighs> for those of you listening be glad you're not watching but you should definitely watch but you should definitely watch and that being said shameless plug do not forget we have a subscriber drive on youtube if we get a thousand subscribers Ooh. by new year's day massey will do a special truffle shuffle for all of you i know i know you're clamoring to subscribe i get it uh but while you're subscribing on youtube subscribe on our rumble subscribe on our bitch dude we people hate us on bitchute really <laughs> <Yes>. how <laughs> because we won't just parrot the trump conspiracy theory line bitchute has and, and this isn't going to win us any subscribers on it but bitchute has kind of come become that that maga far right okay site um and so we obviously we we don't just pull the trump line right we, right. we kind of hold them to a standard and the last podcast we did, uh, we, we definitely got a thumbs down ratio on it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's like, whatever, <laughs> you people. But anyways, if you want to sign up on Bitchute, go for it. But I, I care more about Rumble. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get us to 1,000. That helps us because that'll get us higher in the algorithms. Then we can start monetizing videos. And that way, we can have a better camera and angle for your boy, Eze. e Ooh. Ooh. I but just, the mystery. People love the mystery. I just thought of something. Women love a mysterious man.
1: What? Instead of making a god out of a man, look to the one who made a man out of God.
0: Ooh. Chew on that. We'll call this the Easy show, which we are talking to Easy and trying to get him to commit to doing devotionals. You're making
1: um, it sound like I'm just refusing to.
0: Well, no, I'm more putting you on the spot to get a full commitment because I have not heard a "Yeah, I'll do it" out of you yet. So, leave in the comments whether or not you want Eze to start a uh, a small devotional, daily devotional, that kind of thing. He is he is a, a he's a master, it, and he this a will stretch him, but b he really does have a cool relationship with the Lord and a cool seeking of the Lord, and and he can help show his pathway and and how he does that and he can bless you and encourage you so let us know in the comments if you want to see an easy devotional because we are setting up the torchbearers section on the website whoa i know i haven't gotten into the topic yet but i have so much to cover torchbearers if you become a monthly torchbearer We are setting up a section just for you where you get special content, you get special access, you get promotionals, you get that stuff because we value you. It's getting set up right now. We're going through the paces. We're going to have some cool stuff for you in there. So keep your eyes open. All right, we'll get into this. It is time. So freedom of religion. I was was doing this fast. I decided, okay, let's go back to the basics. And one of the most important things is that First Amendment. But especially freedom of religion, because this gets brought up all the time. How many times do you get hit with separation of church and state? And people don't understand the relationship between the church and the state. And so they're quick to go with just judicial precedents in the past 30 years, right. which can really be an issue. And it's not that I'm going to come to the answer of all of it, but I want to show you where did this come from? Why? Because it's so important to understand the inspiration behind something. If you know the inspiration, then you can understand what were they trying to go for. Because if you look with today's eyes back at, say, Thomas Jefferson, when he wrote that phrase, separation of church and state, if you look at it with today's eyes and all the context and information that you have from today, you're going to see it as, oh, well, the church can't, say anything and the state has control over the church and that is truly the assumption some people come to but if we understand the history in the context of what they were looking at thank you so much easy the alarm to let us room, know to wake up <laughs> if if you look at the context of where jefferson came from you'll have a much more rounded view now um i i am going to give a shout out to one of my researchers, uh, Paul. He, he he, pointed out one of the earliest references of really religious liberty was Magna Carta. Now, if you don't know what Magna Carta is, king wanted to fight some wars, and the barons were sick of his wars, and they said, no, 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 no more. We're going to come to an agreement before we, we fight another one of your wars. So they kind of held him to the fire because until then, the king just had carte blanche. He could do what he wanted. So Magna Carta was this agreement between... The barons, the landed gentry, and all of that, and the king. Now, some people say, oh, well, it didn't represent the common man. You got to start somewhere. Let's start somewhere, please. So, this is what the Magna Carta actually said. This first clause, religious liberty, first, that we have granted to God and by this present charter have confirmed for us and our heirs in perpetuity that the English church shall be free. That is telling the state you can't touch the church. You know what it sounds like?
1: What? It sounds like some kind of like declaration of making hmm. themselves independent. Hmm. Hmm.
0: So, the English church, you are absolutely right, shall be free, <laughs> shall have its rights undiminished, and its liberties unimpaired. That we wish this so to be observed appears from the fact that of our own free will, before the outbreak of the present dispute between us and our barons, we granted and confirmed by charter the freedom of the church's elections, a right reckoned to be of the greatest necessity importance to it. Boom, right? So this was declaring, look, the church is going to be free, rights undiminished, government doesn't get to touch it, And further, the government will have no control over church elections. You know what I thought of is a couple of years ago, public universities were trying to tell religious groups that they had to allow people of certain beliefs to be in leadership. So the Christian organization had to be able to allow an atheist to become a leader in their group. They They couldn't have conviction bylaws, basically, principled bylaws. That sounds, now, the whole funding situation gets invested in all of this, and so that's another conversation to have. But at the base of it, you have a government institution, which I'm against anyway, telling a religious organization how to run their elections and their leadership. Hmm. What those groups should have done is grab the Magna Carta and shoved it in the face of the administration, right?
1: They should have. That, that genuinely like, annoys me.
0: I'm with you. Sorry, I took a drink because I thought you were going to say more. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> so now, Magna Carta failed. This, of course, did not lead to religious liberty. There, there has been a dispute and a tension between the church and the government for as long as we can remember, especially in England, because at one point there was this concept of divine authority. And even the queen wanted herself, Queen Elizabeth wanted herself to be considered over both in charge of both. And this is actually where you get freedom, uh, not freedom of speech, right to remain silent from. So there was this oath that the queen, the queen was trying to root out, people who are antagonistic to the Church of England. Why? Because the Church of England was the government's church. You notice something? So anybody who stood against the church, she felt was standing against her own authority, her crown's authority and royalty. Well, of course, you had the Puritans who did not want to take that oath to to say that they're with the church, they're with the crown. They, They tried to express every way. Imagine yourself in this. They tried to express every way possible. We're not against the crown; we're against the system of the church because we feel the church is too Catholicized. Right. That was their argument.
1: Were they? Weren't they?
0: You got an uh, angle. Uh, you have an angle.
1: <laughs> weren't they uh, Roman Catholic, or were they actually like Lutheran? The
0: the Puritans. Y- they uh, were
1: just the church over there in general.
0: Uh, so the the Church of England. Not Catholic, but took on a lot of Catholic traditions. Right. Uh, very Catholicized in a way. Um, it was actually a separation from the Catholic Church. But they're very, very similar traditions and, and processes and all of that. And that's what the Puritans were really standing against was they, they basically said, you're too Catholicized. You're, you're too, it's too popish was, right. I think, one of the words they used.
1: So I asked that because one of the I, I've spoken to a few people um, who don't consider themselves Christian Yeah, and they don't want how do I phrase this they, they're not for Christianity simply because they think the last time Christianity ruled the world was back right before the Dark Ages which was during the Crusades uh, back during this time
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: right before, yeah.
0: And that's a whole can of worms um for you guys it, it, actually. And this I don't say this because it's shameless plug, but it it sounds like it. Go to the blogs. Go to the slash blog We've got a couple of articles and we're going to have a couple more popping up um by Andrew which talks about the church and the achievements the church has made over the course of the church's history. Walmart No.
1: Okay. I was about to say.
0: I don't think that's his passion, but hey, I'll take anything he wants to submit. Sure. Uh, The rigorous standards of self evident may reject it, but I want him to submit. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, medieval times, and and especially before the medieval times, everybody thinks the church was this horrific, awful, evil empire. Some ways, yes. Give and take. However, it achieved so much. And one thing that you have to remember is especially the the, we picture the Dark Ages as because we call them the Dark Ages, just this horrific, horrible, evil, awful time. And finally, the Renaissance happened and humanity found humanity again. But if you look at it, the church really kept things together. Um, because you had the fall of the Roman empire, you had the, the kind of this, this middle period of warring factions of what's the next great civilization actually going to be. But the church had so much advancement, took care of so many people helped humanity in this time, right? Kept the structures, kept the records, kept everything in place so that the Renaissance could blossom. Right. So that the Enlightenment could happen. You wouldn't have those things without what the church did during those times. And so it gets a bad rap. And do not forget, the crusade was a response to Islamic uh, raiding on the Mediterranean coast for 400 years. As soon as Islam was established, it started moving across northern Africa and started moving into the southern bottom of Europe. And for 400 years, the people on the coast were saying, please help us do something. And so the crusade started. It was a defense mechanism against raiding by Islam. But we don't talk about that because we only talk about the ill. And one of the things Andrew goes after is all of these these myths and lies about the church. The church was evil this way, this way, this way, this way. And he points out that so often Satan will twist history because Satan doesn't want you to know history.
1: We, if you don't know history. Because if you, you don't know history. It. Right.
0: So okay. back to freedom of religion. No, I'm glad you brought it up. So even in the colonies, religious persecution happened. We're not going to shy away from this. Puritans did not like Quakers. Right. They, they wanted them out. Everybody was kind of against the Catholics. The Catholics were the pariahs. And so you saw laws that popped up that were trying to push different denominations out. Uh, You even had in Virginia, you had anti-Quaker laws and you had anti-Catholic laws happening and popping popping up. So you got this mixture of government and religion of now all of a sudden we're writing laws that determine a man's conscience and a man's conviction before God. And that's a very dangerous place to be because, and this is why we chafe when we get accused, proverbially, metaphorically, that's the word I'm looking. We chafe when we get accused of being a, wanting a theocracy because I don't at all. We know where that leads. The colonies showed it. You had people who were persecuted, you had people who were uh, excommunicated, you had people who were killed because they believed differently, they saw things differently, and, and the community said, nope, too far, you're done. Right.
1: Even the idea of a theocracy goes against what, what God wants, you know? Right. Like, he doesn't want people to submit because he is the ultimate authority and you have to follow what he says and he makes the rules right he wants you to submit to him because he loves you and he wants you to love him the way that he has loved you
0: exactly and and that free will is very important so actually somebody who is a champion of free will and and you saw this this pop-up this religious liberty pop up especially because the colonies would look back at why a lot of them left England because of the persecution, because of being forced out. They were, they were coming out of Europe, coming to the new land to believe as they, they felt convicted to. And William, Platt, William Penn, founded Pennsylvania, he pledged that all who believed in one almighty and eternal God shall in no ways be molested or prejudiced for their religious persuasion or practice in matters of faith and worship. Nor shall they be compelled at any time to frequent or maintain any religious worship place or ministry whatever.
1: Dude, what page
0: are you on? I'm on the fourth. Sorry, I'm oh my I'm, goodness. I'm bouncing around. <laughs> um, you know, you, you had a guy like Roger Williams. So he was expelled from Massachusetts for speaking out against the civil authorities, punishing religious dissension in the confiscation of native lands. He wrote, God requires not a uniformity of religion to be enacted and enforced in any civil state. Which enforced uniformity sooner or later is the greatest occasion of civil war, ravishing of conscience, persecution of Christ Jesus and his servants, and of hypocrisy and destruction of millions of souls. He founded Rhode Island with the express purpose of religious freedom. He believed forced worship stinks in God's nostrils. So you saw religious freedom popping up in the colonies. Where in some colonies, you saw, oh, we're going to enforce civil law. And then you saw other guys going, no, 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 no. Let's not make the same mistakes we just came from. Let's do this a different way. And I believe William Penn left where he was at in order to establish freedom of religion, establish religious liberty. So all this persecution happened, right? As things grew in the colonies, as the years went by, You had more and more of, we have to solidify protection from government involving itself in the laws, uh, government involving itself in the affairs of the church. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Madison, when writing the memorial and remonstrance in order to argue against religious tax enforcement, said, because we hold it for a fundamental and undeniable truth, that religion or the duty which we owe to our creator and the manner of discharging it can be directed only by reason and conviction, not by force or violence. The religion then of every man must be left to the conviction and conscience of every man, and it is the right of every man to exercise it as these may dictate. This right is in its nature an unalienable right, it is unalienable because the opinions of men, depending only on the evidence contemplated by their own minds, cannot follow the dictates of other men. It is unalienable also because what is here a right towards men is a duty towards the creator. Your tithe is a duty towards the creator, but government shouldn't get involved in that whole process, right? Right? It is the duty of every man to render to the creator such homage and such only as he believes to be acceptable to him. Now there's more, but you get the sense. saying, look, your worship is sacred. Why would government invest itself in that? I wholeheartedly agree. You got something easy?
1: I I think it's important for people to understand and specifically to hear a lot of the quotes from the founders and even not specifically the founders, but like People like William Penn, I mean, he founded Pennsylvania, but still. He's, hearing... he, we can
0: consider him a, a, founder, a founder, right?
1: But hearing and listening to people and hearing the fact that they are for this, that they are, they are following God, even in this time, that they followed him, even making the Constitution, that they followed his morals, even establishing a government. Right. And hearing their actual quotes, hearing their own words, words that they probably were never shown in school, taught wherever, or even seen anywhere, actually learning real American history, it's, you know, it goes a long way.
0: And and one of the reasons that we do this is because this stuff doesn't get taught in schools. How many of you knew this? I didn't know this till I researched it, you know? It, you gotta remember, Massey, me, Easy, like Andrew, Paul, whoever. <laughs> we learn this stuff. We research it, and the whole reason that I'm conveying it out to you is I want you to know it, so you can feel more secure. And why do you believe what you believe? And why did they write what they wrote? Um, to your point, Easy, Pennsylvania became an example for opposing government-supported religions, which I wholeheartedly agree the house of delegates in uh, virginia was urged in 1785 by a group of virginians to witness the state of pennsylvania wherein no such establishment has taken place their government stands firm and which of the neighboring states has members of brighter morals and more upright characters what they were saying is look you think or, or your argument is well, we need to impose a theocracy because then we'll have moral and upright character in our people. And what the delegates were saying is, no, look at Pennsylvania. They got religious freedom, religious liberty, and they're, they're more moral and upright than we are. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with that. Um, no matter what, sin will find a way. Uh, right. So let's let's not codify it uh, in, and establish its authority over us. <laughs> right. And even,
1: even look at Scripture, you know it's funny um i was talking to a buddy of mine about this it doesn't say the path is narrow to to heaven or to the lord's will it says that the gate itself is narrow it's a very narrow gate to get into but the gate for the world for worldliness and for the lusts of 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 the flesh are it's very wide yeah so if you take that into account if you only further make that door skinnier and skinnier and and more narrow, how much harder is it for people to actually find the true love of Christ if you're forcing them, if you're trying to force them? It's like...
0: you. It, go ahead.
1: It's like... Oh, man.
0: Can I, can I make that go example for, for you? For it, yeah. uh, because what you're getting at is when Christ talks to the Pharisees, says you get a convert and you make him twice the son of hell that you are right because you're all you're doing is instilling rules and ordinances and regulations within them but they don't understand the spirit of it you know when Christ comes i, I was having this conversation with melissa the difference between kill and murder right and and there is a difference between kill and murder but then Christ comes on the scene and says look if you hate in your heart you murder that's a whole nother level. And the problem was they, they understood law, and it, but they didn't understand the spirit behind it. And that is why I tell you the history of all of this, because you have to understand the spirit of what they were going for. So when we look at the First Amendment, it says freedom, right? Freedom of religion. Government's not going to restrict the establishment of it or, or prohibit the free exercise thereof. What does that mean? What's the context of that? Now, Madison, he argues that it's not just your belief, it's your action that matters. And you think about it, that whole duty, that that whole giving to God what what is his and government not getting involved in that whole process, that's exactly right of your action is worship.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: Your action carries out worship. So all of a sudden, it's not just government shouldn't regulate and get involved in your beliefs it shouldn't get involved and regulate your actions unless those actions infringe on the rights of another the beauty of christianity is if you follow christ and you become more like christ the less you'll infringe on the rights of others right the more you you understand their rights you understand their own free will you understand the beauty of of how god has created us it's it's when force comes into play That things really get messy. Now, where does that leave us? The First Amendment was written to restrict the government from getting involved in a person's worship. Both belief and action. We have to understand this. Because what will happen is if the Christian or the, the Muslim or the Jew doesn't use law to try and oppress or suppress others and and codify their beliefs, the atheist and the agnostic will use it. They are not morally superior. And I think that the, this whole secularism idea uh, uh, presents itself as moral, morally superior. We need to keep secularism because it's morally superior but what happens is more and more you'll watch suppression of personal beliefs now all of a sudden in the medical discussion you have government saying "Nah, it doesn't matter what your religious conviction is we need you to do this yeah. that is a secular oppression of a religious conviction why all in the name of safety take this vaccine or else i mm-hmm. oh, said dirty word it's gonna get scrapped. Here comes the YouTube. Flames. The YouTubes. You get told you can't do this because safety.
1: Because it might cause an uproar. Be-
0: because it might cause something. We all take a risk every time we step out that door. We have to determine how much risk are we willing to take. Mm-hmm. The the and you notice in this whole discussion, right? We were told take it to protect everybody else but then all of a sudden it came out that it wasn't protecting against transmission it wasn't protecting other people it was hopefully maybe it was protecting you a little bit
1: right mike if i splash myself with blue paint and then hit you with my hand that has wet blue paint on it you now have wet blue paint on
0: you right 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 that, that's how it works <laughs> I, there's no way to stop that did you take a risk every time you walk out the door it is up to you to protect yourself this gets into every area of what it means to have rights your right is to pursue what you need and what you want right it's not given from other people positive negative rights mm-hmm. and i know i'm hopping a little bit let's get back to to the groundwork of this and we'll wrap it up that first amendment Freedom of religion. Look back at the history. What was the history? The history was, okay, we've got to start hemming in government's involvement in the affairs of the church and what the church is doing. Okay. Now, there was also that other side of let's not start investing establishment of of an organized church within the government structure.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I agree with that. I don't want the Catholic Church to be married to the U.S. government. I don't want the Lutheran Church to be married to the U.S. government. I want men of conviction who are able to carry out their beliefs day in, day out, able to uh, uh, participate.
1: Right. We want want capable people.
0: Capable people participating in the government system.
1: Right. That's why all these candidates that we've just voted for— a lot of them got a a really big push that's why they're calling it the red wave but in reality these people are are genuinely i don't want to say genuinely because every person has a flaw every person has something bad about them or at least has one or two skeletons in the closet but these people are genuinely capable people they have their convictions i mean
0: and and what people will raise is that that clash between conviction and government duty. Right. Um and but I do not believe a duty should restrict you from your convictions, right, and your beliefs. Uh for instance, if you've got a clerk who by their conviction cannot hand out marriage certificates, figure a way around, right? Don't force that clerk against their conviction, right? That's, that's very dangerous territory. Now, look back at the First Amendment. What does it say? Congress shall make no law. Until the 14th Amendment, the Constitution was only applicable to the federal government, which then gets into a whole conversation about states and states' rights and states' constitutions and what states could do and not do. At that point... States themselves could go against constitutional precedent until the 14th Amendment. Then the 14th Amendment basically said the Constitution applies not only to the federal government, but all the states as well. Now, that's a whole different discussion, right? Because originally the view was the states were basically little nations, kind of like the EU is right now, little nations invested in this federal agreement, cooperation, Um, And some people will point out the constitution took too much power away from the states and it really did away with that whole relationship. But the goal of people, the goal of a large group of people in this whole experiment was that the states would be independent actors and, and would unify and have a federal government that kind of, kind of watches over everything and handles the affairs as, as a nation. Right. It's why it's the United States of America. Right. Fourteenth Amendment came along and all of a sudden Constitution. Well, that's applicable to all of them. Okay, so now you have this idea of Congress shall make no law. You can make an argument. That means state legislatures can make no law establishing, establishing religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Mm -hmm. But what remains is laws cannot be written. About establishing a religion or prohibiting your exercise. That's important. So if a coach wants to pray at the 50-yard line, he can. Right. There was no law establishing that coach must pray at the 50-yard line. And on the inverse, there was no law established saying that coach cannot pray as there cannot be a law established either way.
1: Exactly. If any I mean wasn't the whole verdict that, that he was being restricted of yes. religious practice?
0: Yes. Um, and, and I am so glad that verdict came down. And, of course, the the uh, Freedom From Religion uh, organization was very upset about that. Good. Um, right. Good. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. When I was in Madison, and maybe I'm divulging too much, whatever, uh, I, I worked at Kilwin's, mm-hmm. and we got a large fudge order from the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Uh, and my boss and I had a had a conversation about it. Neither of us were like, no, no. It was just like the concept of it's an organization that we don't agree with on any level. Now, from the capitalist side, it's like, hey, make our money, we're right? Money. But but as Christians, it was like we we don't see conviction behind doing this right it would be different if somebody came in and said i'm having a gay wedding and i want you to bake gay fudge that celebrates our gay wedding and and write on it and all that i think that that cake baker has a different argument Mm -hmm. but our position in this was you know what we're gonna make the best fudge possible and we're gonna we're gonna show them love right And, and we're gonna love them through this process right but it was so interesting to be in the same town as that organization that vehemently fights against what I stand for. <laughs> <Right>. and, <laughs> and I disagree vehemently with
1: <laughs> Christ explicit Christ explicitly says there is a time to stand and to stand right. against and not necessarily fight but to stand against the evils of the world. But then there's also a large majority of the time it's time to Love on them. It's yes. them to show them the love of Christ because nothing can win a a battle more than truly showing that you love and care for this
0: person. And to your point, and this is how we'll round it out. That's exactly the problem when you try to establish laws for or against religious practice, right? Worship. You're taking love out of it. So if you're the 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 church that wants to infest. Laws with forcing doctrine, forcing worship, all of that—you're not loving. You're 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 back to the Pharisaical approach. If you if you try to restrict free worship, you're not being loving towards people because you're not allowing them to worship in their conscience, right? You're not allowing them to fulfill their deepest convictions and principles. Right. How is that loving to keep people from doing that? Now, there's a difference if, if you're into child sacrifice. Well, guess what? That's not loving towards a child because at the end of the day, there is objective truth. There is objective morality. This blows that out of the water because none of us will look at child sacrifice and go, no, yeah, this is a moral thing. Mm-hmm. No. They, 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 any sensible person, the most ardent atheist will look at it and go, yeah, that's not right. Now, we'll get to different points of how we get there, but we all tend to agree yeah it's not right and so what i'm saying is that concept of love is more objective than we think it is and love you can love and tell truth so if easy is about to run off the cliff for the old christian overused metaphor i can yell at him stop 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 don't do this don't do this
1: Right, well, We both know I'm not stopping.
0: But you might not be stopping. <laughs> and I, I can even try to grab you, right? But at the end of the day, it really is your choice. Yeah. I, if, if, I, if I tie you to a tree, have I now made you happier? <laughs> right. No, I, I haven't changed the heart condition. And it's love that changes the heart condition. That's the most important part. Because if the heart condition doesn't change, easy you will find a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's so important of your love is what really matters at the end of the day. And I believe that the First Amendment helps protect loving other people if you follow it correctly. This whole separation of church and state thing has gone completely out of whack. Because what it says is you can't carry out your conviction in principle during affairs and duties of government. That's not right. It's wrong. What's saying is Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of religion or free prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay? Just because there's judicial precedence doesn't make it right. Now you'll say you're an originalist. Yes. Because I think it matters very much the context and the inspiration behind the words written. Mm -hmm. I think that matters a lot as to why we have what we have. Now, there there can be disagreements and debates. That's fine. But, guys, it's been another podcast. I hope you learned something today. I
1: definitely did.
0: Cool. I I hope this filled in gaps. I hope this helped bring context. I know history can be boring. But if you see it as a story, you see it as a narrative, you see it as a bigger picture, it helps you understand why history is so important i love it why because it is a story i love stories mm-hmm. and and when you get away from just names dates and places and you start telling narrative history becomes so much more alive so i hope it helps guys i hope you learned something we will be back on friday do not forget to subscribe to youtube subscribe to our, our spotify uh click follow click share 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 can't get to a thousand without you guys sharing and be sure to check out the blog check out the website get yourself some merch become a torchbearer we got awesome things in the works for that i'll keep you updated all right guys i hope you have a great day i hope you have a great week and i will see you on friday love you guys deuces